Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. We're running a little bit behind, forgive us. But hey, we got to let the stream breathe just for a moment while we bring on our great Facebook community. And we are... Good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com and my fellow football priest. He is Zach Kelberman, fresh off a day off. Zach, how you doing, my friend? Doing pretty well. We have some conflicting reports, as they tend to happen in Broncos country lately, Chad. A national reporter reports something, and then the local media kind of gets the beat on it, but... We're going to talk more Broncos football. So what what Zach is referring to, and I'm sure you guys uh, are aware of what the title of tonight's stream was. And by the way, we're really excited because we get to talk to one of our longtime superstars, a Mount Rushmore superstar, and Jay Thomas, a.k.a. JT, from across the pond. We're going to bring him on the show here in just a few minutes. But what Zach just referenced here is the report that came from Dan – is it Graziano? I don't mispronounce yeah. his name. Um, basically, he said that the Broncos, he reported uh, on an ESPN insider piece um, that basically the Broncos have already made the decision that they're, even though the, the transaction has not been made yet, that they've already made the decision they're not going to extend or pick up Vaughn's option. And that took off like wildfire. And then pretty soon we had bona fide Broncos insiders like Benjamin Albright, um, as you can see here, like Troy Rank of Denver 7, like Mike Kliss of 9 News, chiming in to say, you know, they made their own phone calls to check on this. Here's what Benjamin Albright said, Zach, and then I'm going to serve this over to you. Just confirmed this with the team. No decision has been made on Vaughn Miller's option. No one has contacted Vaughn's reps or Vaughn with any decision because no decision has been made. And they would be the first to know the team is still trying to work through all that. It's it's pretty cut and dry. It's some someone in the national media tries to get the scoop, and they might have heard something legitimate, but obviously uh, Graziano's source was a little mistaken, and he reported from U Stadium. I haven't really seen U Stadium break a bunch of Broncos news or NFL news, so take that with a big grain of salt. And listen, always keep in tune to the local guys. They have more of a read on the situation. Not saying us necessarily, but the Clisses, the Ranks, those kind of people. They quickly came out and disputed that. Vaughn's window is open now. They have a certain amount of time before they have to decide what they want to do with his option, but 
like we said, it's going to be a process that takes more than just a few days, probably a few weeks for being realistic. Honestly, how could they make a decision yet when they still don't know the resolution of that Parker PD criminal investigation, right? So like, you know, that's going to inform my, this is my opinion. If you look at the decision factors, all right, the factors that George Payton is weighing as the GM here on whether or not to, to pick up the option or what to offer Vaughn or whatever, if you look at it as a pie chart, I'm telling you that half of that pie chart is what happens with the criminal PD or the criminal investigation. If it turns out to be unfounded and nothing comes of it and and they report that no charges will come, went to the, the DA and there's nothing coming, I think that is a very encouraging sign that the Broncos are probably going to find a way to make things happen. But right now, it's still a little standoffish because they have a big financial disincentive with Vaughn right now. They're or let me put that another way. They have a financial incentive to move on from him, considering that he had the kind of down year in 2019 and then he missed all of 2020. And he's gonna, you know, he's entering his age 32 season. And uh, you know, it's you never know when that cliff's when they're gonna go off the cliff. And if all of a sudden they find out though, Zach, that hey, you know what, he's in the clear, it's all good. They can come to him and say, Hey, what would it take? We want to keep you around another couple of years, but this $17 million cap hit we can't live yeah. with. What would it take, Vaughn? You tell us. I think Mike Kliss did a really good job. He quote tweeted himself by listing the options the Broncos had with Von Miller. And among those options, I think he had four of them. Only one was releasing Von. The first one is restructure and maybe uh, strike an extension with him, add a couple more years to his contract, but keep the cap hits lower. Maybe restructure his current cap number and have him play this year only. Uh, maybe trade him and then finally release him. Those are your options with Von Miller, but if you look at that, which two sound more likely and which two sound unlikely? If, if it's up to me, he's still a future Hall of Fame talent. He's still the heartbeat of your team. He's the face of the Broncos, you know, like it or not. So I would tend to think number one for someone like George Payton, who believed in continuity in Minnesota. They kept a lot of their current players with the Vikings. And I know he wasn't the GM there, but he was among that culture. So Again, gun to my head, I think we've been right so far about Drew Locke, Chad, and the Broncos quarterback situation, what they'll probably do. I think with Von Miller, they look to work something out because you want him on the team this year as opposed to off the team in George Payton's first season. We'll talk more about it on the other side. We got we to gotta take care of some matters of business. We got to talk to JT. Maybe we'll pick JT's brain, too, on this very topic. There's a lot more to be said on this between Zach and I. And, and of course, <clears throat> we want to see what's on your mind in the chat. So anything, by the way, once we get JT on the show, uh, any questions, any supers you have for JT in particular, get him in the chat. John will keep an eye out and we'll, we'll try and get him in front of JT before um, we, we say goodbye to him tonight. But first we do have to say thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped guys. We're now, gosh, we're close to, we're halfway through February, you know, uh, inching closer to March. Hopefully you've put that crappy year of 2020 behind you. You've embraced the new year, new me mindset. And what better way to help you do that and cultivate that mindset than with Manscaped, which is best in men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has helped over 2 million men around the world keep their male grooming on point. So it's, you know, I I, got to keep saying this because I think this happened to a lot of dudes, at least a lot of dudes I know. If you let yourself go a little bit in 2020, quarantine, what have you, Manscaped is here for you to reboot, help you stay clean, and shaved in 2021, Zach. 
Yeah, I mean, with quarantine and last year and everything that went on with the word that shall go unnamed, everyone kind of put on, I can speak for myself, that freshman 15, we can't help you losing weight, but we can help you no matter what you weigh, feel better about yourself because with the lawnmower, the weed whacker like I'm holding right now, your face, no matter your profession, what you're doing, your hobby, no matter what you're doing in daily life, virtual or in person, your face is always exposed. Your face is seen when you take your mask off. When you have the weed whacker, you get in your nose, it's no pain, it's easy, it's ergonomic, it gets the job done, you get in your ears, you can use the lawnmower for your neck, your arms, your back, your chest, it doesn't have to be just below the belt, Manscaped is the total male grooming, Chad, the total kit that you need for any part of your male grooming needs, it is the way to go, I promise you. And I say this all the time, that I was surprised at how many options were out there to help you take your male grooming and it's not just grooming but just uh hygiene i guess or style too and to another level all right i slept on that i'll be honest with you maybe it's because i've been married 13 years i don't know charge it to the game whatever but they have everything you need and more so right now if you go to manscaped.com and you use the code huddle you'll get 20 percent off plus free shipping and your family jewels they'll thank you that's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HUDDLE. Happy New Year to you and your family jewels. All right. I'm going to very, very, very quickly uh, dive through just a couple quick matters of business, and then we're grabbing JT. Follow the pod on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, the main account, at Mile High Huddle. Follow the podcast on Facebook. There's the, the URL, but just go to Facebook, open up, search Huddle Up Podcast. You'll find us, like and follow, because if you have liked and followed the page, you're automatically entered to win in this week's giveaway. We're going to give away some more swag randomly. Of course, we just pick the names out of the hat. We got a little widget we use to pull the names and we randomly select. You could be in on that, so make sure you find the Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook, follow and like. And then also, gentle reminder, we've got some brand new designs coming down the pike as early as this week at the merch store. So head on over to huddleuppod.com, get your swag on, get a hat, get a t-shirt, get a face mask, get a mug, and then also become a supporter and get access to our VIP premium video content over on Facebook, which has started with the flagship Kelberman's Corner. Zach, Kim Becker, hot takes that hold water. It's a little bit different flavor than what we do on these nightly live streams. So go to our Facebook page, Mile High Huddle's Facebook page. You'll see the big blue button. Click on that. You're in like Flynn. And if you're not able to do those things, gang, it's all good. We just appreciate and and just are so grateful that you're here with us. Make sure you subscribe, though. Crucial on YouTube, crucial on Apple, crucial on Spotify. And like this video, guys. Right now we have hundreds and hundreds of you when you combine YouTube, uh, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. Hundreds of people right now live in the chat. If each one of you just simply gave this video a like, it would help us out tremendously. So please, at some point before you dip out, just do it now so you don't forget like the video. And then three is the litmus test. If we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there. Help us continue to grow, reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site. 
out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And speaking of Broncos fans, let's bring on Jay Thomas, a.k.a. JT, longtime supporter, been a big um, part of our the MHH community, even dating back to before we started doing the Huddle Up podcast as a daily live stream. He's been with us a long time, and this has been a long time coming as well. So JT, of course, in the United Kingdom, in London, thank you for, for staying up late to be on with us, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm a little tired. But I'm the adrenaline to take over. I'm excited to be here, excited to talk with you guys and get to meet the rest of the Mile High Home community. Yeah, man. For for people who uh you know are are they don't do math too well, like myself. Zach <laughs> asked the question right before we went live. What time is it right now in London? And suffice it is to now, it's one thirty two in the morning. See, there you go. So we appreciate the the diligence and going the extra mile. So we like to start these superstar segments with the same question every time. And that is, you know, our catchphrase, one of them anyway, here on the podcast. And that is that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. It is wherever you are. And of course you being in London, you kind of have a unique story on how you became a Broncos fan. Tell us how that happened, how you became not only a Broncos fan, but I mean, you're a pretty outgoing, dedicated, passionate, knowledgeable Broncos fan. Well, obviously, being in London, living in the UK, it's, it's not the primary sport that we're all accustomed to here. Soccer, what you call it, football here. So we never, I never really had any idea what the NFL was about. I didn't even know it existed as a young kid. But probably I shouldn't have been, but I stumbled across an animated series, South Park, as you're fully aware. And at a very young age that I, I probably wasn't allowed to be watching, I've got to say, sorry, Mum. And uh, they, they did this episode, and it was John Elway and the Denver Broncos. Who is John Elway? Who are the Denver Broncos? Why are these guys wearing helmets? And why are they hitting each other? And, and it just took off from there. And I, I, I got so wrapped up in, in, in trying to understand what this sport was that I'd never seen before. It's not taught in schools. We don't play it. No one talks about it. Um, and, and it just went from there. I just started talking to my father about it. Like, what is, who, who is John Elway? Tell me John Elway. He's like, I ain't got you're going mad but um but and i did my own research off the back of that and and that was it and the first game i ever watched was i want to say in 1997 the jacksonville jaguars and the visual game and they lost that game if i remember rightly 
And it didn't put me off. I thought, I'm a big fan of South Park. I love the Orange, I love Orange and Blue. This is the first team I've ever heard of. I'm going to stick with it. And, and, and that was that. And ever since then. There's a lot of Broncos references on that show. You know, Casa Bonita, the restaurant in, in Denver. That's, there was a whole episode with Carbon there. So, uh, JT, I want to ask you, like we always ask our, our Super Chat superstars, in your time as a Broncos fan, what has been your number one top memory? And conversely, what has been your, you know, your least favorite memory as a Broncos fan? Um, the, I think the least favorite was the drop-off after Pat Bowling died recently. I think just the, the total dysfunction. I mean, the Broncos have had bad seasons before, but the total dysfunction that has ripped through the whole of the organization since that's since the like the passing of the great Pat Bowling has has been it's been incredible from top to bottom. It's no one knows what they're doing. It's like headless chickens running around. Yeah. Everyone's pointing fingers at everyone, but no one's taking accountability for anything that goes on with inside that organization. And I think that was the worst time for me, and that's still going on. The best time back to back Super Bowls, I've got to say it was at the I was just really getting into being a Broncos fan, understanding the game. Never seen a Super Bowl before. So to see the Broncos go and win the Super Bowl and then go back to the Super Bowl after, for me, it was, wow, like, this is great. I want more of this. I want to see more of this. It's interesting because the Super Bowl is such a spectacle, right? I mean, this, this year's uh, Super Bowl was a little bit just to me, it was a little disquieting because it's supposed to be the spectacle to end all sports spectacles. And, you know, you still got the jets flying over and you, and they put the cardboard cutouts of people in the stands and there were some fans in Tampa and all that, but it just felt weird, you know? Um, but the Super Bowl is such a massive thing for those of us who might be in the States and kind of ignorant of some of the, you know, I'll just say, well, British or slash European, you know, sports, uh, preferences, predilections. Do is there a sporting event on that on that side of the pond that approaches or matches the spectacle that is the Super Bowl? I'd, I'd say you'd have to look at the World Cup, but that involves every country. So I mean, we take right. as you right. say, soccer. We call football here. Uh-huh. We take that very right. seriously. That's our primary sport. Um, we we all have our local teams we support. We have the Premier League. We have several leagues below that as well. And I think the World Cup is the pinnacle of it over here. We also have um, the Champions League final, which is pretty big as well for Euro- European clubs. And so that's clubs from all over Europe that fight in one league and then the winner takes all, kind of like the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's not the same sort of layout, but similar. I think that's really the, the biggest that we have here. I mean, it's great. We, we love it. But the Super Bowl for me is just different. It's this... this it's totally different to any anything I've ever experienced. I've been to huge games with with football over here, but the Super Bowl, just everything about it is so full on. It's a hundred mile an hour. It's in your face. It's you know. It's and I love that. I love everything about it. Jay, I mean, I've asked that question, you know, your least favorite memory as a Broncos fan to quite a few, you know, superstars on this show. That's the first time I've ever heard that answer where my least favorite memory was the end of the Pat Bolin era and how everything went to crap since he passed away and how the standard has just evaporated. You and I kind of share a brain on the issues with the Broncos. And to keep it more currently, two of the bigger storylines in Denver for this season will be the quarterbacking and the coaching 
Where do you see those facets ending up? Where do you see Drew Locke playing this year? Where do you see Deshaun Watson playing? I know you're not big on Vic Fangio, you know, after last year. Where do you see him coaching? How do you see the state of the Broncos playing out going into this upcoming season and beyond? Well, I think we had our answer in George Payton's introductory presser. I mean, he said everything that we want to know about the offseason. That he's going to be aggressive, but he's not going to be reckless. He's going to be involved in every deal. Now, people might say that too, literally. I mean, I could ring up the local car dealership about the Ferrari sitting on the on the forecourt. I could be interested in that. I don't have the money, and I've got no interest in buying it. But I can be involved in it and say that I want to It makes other teams force their hand. You get to get a feel around the league. But I'm sticking with what George Payton said, and I think he's true to his word. He's going to be involved. He's going to look at the market, but he's not going to remortgage the future in a red shirt year, if you will. He's got he's had to take on the coaching staff, which personally I don't think he wanted to do. I think it was he wanted the Broncos job, and he was willing to do whatever it took to get. Personally, there's a reason he took this job. You don't see many general managers inherit what he's inherited. He's still got the former general manager in the building. (laughs) So for me, it's I don't think he's going to. Pull the plug on Watson. I don't think he's going to go out and sign this huge name, remortgage the future, considering he was renowned for stockpiling draft picks with Minnesota and building from within. He's not going to want to throw the next three years' drafts away to get a quarterback when he doesn't have a defense to put on the field to keep him on the field. And that's the problem. We won't be competitive. When it comes to Drew Locke, I think Drew Locke's been dealt a very bad hand since he entered the league. He thought he was going to be a first round pick. He went in the second round. He was sat behind Joe Flacco who made it public knowledge he had no interest in teaching Drew Locke whatsoever. He then gets hurt. The word that goal should go unnamed happens. He's had six OCs in six years. He then gets hurt this year. He has a supporting cast of rookies, loses his number one receiver. I mean, the guy has been dealt a bad, bad hand to enter the league. But he's shown some promise. He's shown a lot of bad things, a lot of face palm moments to myself. I sit here and I go, damn, man, what, what are you doing but then he shows some things where you go, okay, that that was good. Especially down the stretch this season, which I think is very, very important. How we ended this season has to be at the forefront of George Payton's mind and the coaching staff. Because it wasn't like he went out on a bomb bowl and it completely fell apart where you can categorically say, look, this guy's just not getting better. He got better when the season ended. And you just like to think, if there was four more games, could we be having a different conversation now? Because he was on the upside. So I think he's, he's only actually played 18 games in the league. It's barely a season. So he's going into his third year on that. So I'm just not sure I'm ready to kick, the, kick him to the curb yet. I think get the right pieces around him, rebuild that defense, keep it competitive, get Cortland Sutton back. Another year in the offense under Patrick. I don't like Shermer at all, but continuity is it's got to be better than getting someone else in at this present time if we're going to stick with Drew Locke. So I think to stick with him and to give him some continuity for the first time in his professional career could could do him the world of good. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. 
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Spitting, fire, yeah. dropping, <clears throat> nothing but truth here is JT. Um, John, I know you've got a super from David Kilgore, fellow superstar, and David's going to be on the show in the very near future, so we look forward to seeing you, David. Um, he says, hey, JT, just wondered if you think the NFL will get a team there in the U.K. Now, Real quick, just for those who maybe don't aren't aware of this, there have been a lot of rumors and conjecture and speculation that the Jaguars, that the owner there, Shad Khan, is angling for the Jaguars to eventually move to London, right, to the UK and, and become the London Jaguars. But to answer David, do you think that's going to happen at some point? Because that's quite the turnaround, right, in terms of teams that have to travel. That's a, that's a long ways. Um, I agree. Um, personally, I can't see it happening. There is a lot of smoke to it. I mean, Khan does own a British football team over here as well. So he does have allegiances over in London. They signed up to a long-term contract to play at the Wembley Stadium in London. They're over here every year. He loves it here. He loves the Jags being here. The fans love the Jags being here. I mean, it sells out every week. And some of the games in America, the, the flight times aren't all that different. You know, so it feasibly could be done. Things like jet lag and time zones would be, you know, that would pose massive problems. Would players want to do it for fans in the States? Would they want to travel? Uh, that would mess up their um, time clock as well. So there's a lot of bad to it. Being from the UK, I'd love to see it happen from the heart. But speaking realistically, I don't want to mess something up or start something that could derail everything. And then suddenly you've got Mexico wants a team and then Germany wants a team. And, and you know, I kind of like it as it is. So speaking from the heart, would love it. I think it would be brilliant because we have great support over here. But speaking from the head, I just don't think it's realistic. All right. I've got one more question, and I know uh, Dave from Georgia has a super chat for you here, another fellow superstar. And Dave, uh, have we talked about getting you on the show? If, you, if you'd want to come on, shoot me an email or DM me on Twitter. Let's schedule a time, get you on the show, my friend. He says, hey, JT. How long have you been a fan, and how many cornerbacks do we draft? Hashtag Broncos country, hashtag state of being. Obviously, I want to hear what Chad and Zach have to offer. I want to hear what Jay has to say. Yeah, let's, I'm just sitting here going like this, just like listening yeah. to Jay. Like, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. So what's, first off, what's your answer, JT, for Dave? Uh, thanks for the support, Dave, as well, for the show and everyone else. I just want to get that in there quickly. Um, I've been a fan for a long time, over 15 years now. I'm 32 this year. can't believe I had to look up and think about it then. Um, but how many quarterbacks do we draft this year? I think it depends on free agency. I think it's a big market for quarterback. I think it's a big market in general. You're going to see a lot of talent 
go for fairly cheap, the cap is going to be a massive issue. Broncos are in a good position, sit top ten in the in the in the cap space, top ten for something this season at least. And I think that will double dip in in the draft, depending on free agency. Now I've seen a lot of people saying go after Patrick Peterson, but you just moved on from Boyer's contract, and you for cap relief, are you really going to then give all of that to Patrick Peterson to create a, the same issue that you had? So personally, I think they go and get a good cornerback free in free agency just to make sure that we're not undercut when we come out of the draft and then possibly we double dip. All right. So I agree on that, Zach. Let's, let's, let's answer Dave real quick is I've, I've speculated, all right, this isn't a bold prediction per se, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Denver Broncos kind of follow last year's model of taking the same position in back-to-back rounds and go corner, corner to open this thing up. Now, Again, that's not a prediction from yours truly, but as JT eloquently stated, so much of what they ultimately end up doing in the draft will be informed first by how free agency shakes out because the way these GMs, the philosophy behind every GM in the league starts with trying to fill as many of your roster holes as possible in free agency so that when you do get to the draft, you're able to be a little bit more free of any, um, you know, driving need or compulsion to solve a problem and fill a hole. And that doesn't mean teams don't still take, you know, draft for need, but what that allows teams to do is say, all right, you know, we, here's the, here's our top 10 cornerbacks or whatever. And now it's our turn on the clock. And, you know, we're just going to take who we think is the next best available cornerback on our board. Boom, it's done. And, but if you go out and just as an example, Zach, if you go out and sign a Patrick Peterson, which I hope does not happen because I think his, his best days are well in his rear view and he's going to still command a pretty penny, uh, then, you know, you've got conceivably one of those starting three slots solved. And so maybe you don't double dip, at least not early in the draft. Yeah, for the sake of conversation, uh, some Broncos fans, I, first of all, I do think they're going to double dip in both markets, in the open market and through the draft. I don't think it's a Patrick Peterson, and some people are uh, speculating Xavier Rhodes might be a target because of his past ties to George Payton. He's going to command a hefty contract as well. The cornerback they're going to sign on the open market is going to be a mid-tier guy like a Mike Hilton and Mackenzie Alexander, and they're going to save their prime resources for the draft. I don't happen to think they're going to go one and two cornerback in the draft. It could be one and three, one and four, but they will come out of the draft with at least two rookie cornerbacks on top of the veteran they signed. Like JT said, that should be enough to give them some insurance in case suspensions arise, people get sick, hurt, whatever. They can't be in the same situation they were this year. All right, let's grab that last super from JT, and then we'll cut him loose because it's getting really late for him. Um, <coughs> excuse me, Rogue Theory, who has come on strong of late, really working his way up to being a superstar. And by the way, a cat that I share a lot of interest in, this guy used to play in punk rock bands. I used to play in punk rock bands. But he's got a good question here uh, for JT. He says, hey, JT, an NUFC fan here. Who you got in the Prem? <laughs> uh, sadly, my team are not good enough to be in the Premier League. I support a championship team called Millwall. So uh, yeah, you probably wouldn't have them. We're not very good. But um, they're my local team. So I'm wrong with that. All right. Well, guys, obviously, as you can tell, Zach and I very much enjoyed having JT on the show, just listening to him talk. This is a guy, JT, you do a great job of articulating whatever your take is, whatever your thought is, even though you got a light on you in the camera and you got people watching, you do a good job of staying poised and present and 
articulating that thought. So credit and kudos to you, my friend. And I know it's late. Maybe you're just like second winding it right now. You're just like delirious, <laughs> just on point. Happens to happens to me sometimes. But dude, thank you for uh, staying up late, making some time for us. And uh, follow him on Twitter, by the way. Uh, thank you, Dave. Uh, thank you, Greg. At jthomas89, as you can see on screen here, at jthomas89. Trust me when I say a great Twitter follow, very knowledgeable and very engaged uh, in what's going on with the Denver Broncos. So, Jay, give our best to your family, and uh, thank you so much for making some time for us. And as Zach and I tried to convey before the show, we appreciate so much your contributions to the community and to the show and to the channel and to just MHH, the brand, over the years, man. We love you. We appreciate you. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. It's It's been real from the days where subscribing to Apple Podcasts, wondering if you're going to get our question on the show to this. It's, <laughs> it's crazy because Zach on 24-7 Sports on Facebook, it's, it's come a long way and th- yes. this is the best community in football. I, I, categorically, there's nothing else like it. The support is great. Just make sure everybody likes, subscribe and share. It's brilliant. Okay, show the and, uh, shirt off. That might yeah. be the coolest non-MHH shirt that we've ever seen on the show. That, that, that's so dope. I love oh. it. All right, my friend. Get some get some shut-eye. We'll talk to you soon. Definitely going to have to get you back on the show in the near future, my friend. So good to see you, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in the near. Appreciate you, guys. Thanks, All right, Jay. there he goes. Jay Thomas. That was one – I got to be honest. Like, you know, I don't, I don't like to play favorites, but that was one of my favorite superstar segments of all time. Like, Jay dropped some knowledge, and – and it wasn't like anything he said was earth shattering, right? But like he just spoke with confidence, with authority, articulated it well. Got to give the man his props. He also spoke with common sense and rationale. And that's what I yep. like about JT. And, and not to say that I like what he said because he's agreeing with what the points I'm making. He's looking at things objectively and not putting his fan cap on. He's looking yep. at it with his brain, not his heart. And I always uh, respect that. But I was finding myself, when he was talking about Drew Locke and the coaching staff, I was literally transfixed on watching him talk, Chad, and mm-hmm. seeing what he had to say. Because, like you said, we've gotten a lot of people on the show. We've gotten a lot of different answers. His retorts were spot on. I thought he was great. He was very, very good. And listen, we love all of our community members and our superstars. The same. Seriously, we love each and every one of you, but JT just did a really good job knocking it out of the park on Nailed uh, it. Yep. his his first swing at the plate. So uh, appreciate you, bro. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. So let's grab this very patient, talk about a superstar, Muhammad, uh, a.k.a. MHH, male model. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. We can't complain. How are you doing, bro? Hope everything's good in your neck of the woods. And thanks for your patience and your support as always. Um, Let me see real quick here, John. Let me just give you an update on what we need because I have – uh, I think it's BNS is my next is where I'm at in this stream. But we have from from Mo till excuse me, hold on. From Mo, we need this the first BNS. There's two BNS: uh, Terry Randall, Levi, Zach, Mike Boggins, Mark. Oh, we did get Mark Langley. No, we need Mark Langley. Uh, David Kilgore, second. Michael K. Murphy Bros. Hez. Rogue theory. That's kind of we got the rogue theory. So that's just start uh, filtering them through. But um, real quick, let's grab BNS, who's been waiting patiently. Thank you for that super chat, my friend. Good to see you as always. Longtime listener and member of the YouTube side of our community. But he says best confessional ever. Kelberman's corner is cooking too. Hashtag all pro bowls. He he just get, you got to keep rubbing that in, you know. But I hey look. We had I, – I was maybe not quite as um, – I don't know. Maybe not quite as much vitriol for me, but I had lost my – dude, I was defending Garrett Bowles all through 2019, taking the fiery barbs. But when when there was no real sign – I mean, he's improved modestly the last quarter of the season. But still, I had to say, look, until proven otherwise, this dude is looking like he's going to be a bust. But then he proved otherwise, and so all I can do is this. Act. Right. Yeah, we we talked about it when the Valentine's Day tweet from Garrett Bowles that said, you know, he's flexing right now and he deserves to flex. But BNS, the Bowles new service never disappoints. I I appreciate your support for KK. Uh, thank you so much. And you are right, Garrett Bowles deserves all of the the praise that we're going to heap on him. Terry Randall, it's been a minute since we've seen Terry Randall in uh, super chat. So good to see you, bro. Talk about a superstar, another guy we've had on the show. Great to talk to him, man. Great to see you now, my friend up there north of the 49th parallel. And uh, I'm trying to see that in his profile pic. Obey the rules, Broncos, 1960. Cool. He says, love you guys, hashtag state of being. Another one of our great uh, community members and superstars, Zach, who exemplify that particular hashtag. OG, Terry, appreciate you. Um, I got to get Savage Boy Kev on Twitch because he always brings a good question and he diligent, consistent viewer, listener on Twitch. Appreciate you, Kev. He says, what do you guys think? Fant, Sutton's, and Judy's ceilings are. Um, I mean, I think, honestly, like, Sutton's ceiling is something approximating Megatron, something close, maybe not that transcendent, you know, when Megatron was at his peak, but something like that. Fant, I mean, Fant could be uh, George Kittle. Fant could be Travis Kelsey if he had a consistent OC and distributor of the football. And then Jerry Judy, I mean, he could be Emmanuel Sanders' caliber in my opinion production at a certain point but what all three of these guys need is is drew to turn the corner or and or a competent cue to to distribute the ball where it needs to go find that soft spot in the zone get it to the open guy and an oc that knows how to do that we'll see how it shakes out i'm gonna make it a little more cliche i think Cortland sutton i'm holding true to what i said before his injury 
his ceiling is the best receiver in Broncos history. So better than Demarius, better than Rod Smith. He was looking like a baby Megatron. And if he had a better quarterback or more consistency, better coordinating, the, the sky is the truly limit for Cortland Sutton. He was already a top 10 guy. Noah Fant, I mean, he's ascending still, and it was a travesty when they ignored him last year. He could have had a he could have had a thousand yard season if they gave him the attention he should have gotten. Um, I see a perennial Pro Bowl tight end. I'm not going to put any comps on him like George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. I just see a Pro Bowler there. Jerry Judy, I see as a very high upside. Like Chad said, Emmanuel Sanders, a very high upside wide receiver too. For right now, I don't see a wide receiver one in Jerry Judy, but that means he can be the partner in crime to a, a true number one, and that's why they drafted him, Chad, to be the partner in crime for Cortland Sutton. And you had K.J. Hamler, Noah Fan. This offense has weapons, and it's a shame that, like you mentioned, the coaching and the quarterbacking ultimately is doing them in. Levi Hope, who is going to be on the show over the next few weeks, looking forward to that, bona fide superstar. He says, I love Vaughn and would hate to see him go. My gut tells me, He's gone. I hope I'm wrong. I feel you, man. My gut's been sending me mixed messages because there was a time, like, if John doesn't step down and relinquish GM duties, I was I was like 80% that Vaughn, they pick up his option and just see how it goes because he's coming off the injury. Um, DeAngelis, De, De appreciate that, my friend, on Facebook. Um, but he did step down, and now you got a new set of eyes and a fresh perspective on this with no history, right? There is no loyalty slash you know, bond, so to speak, between George Payton and Von Miller. And then you throw into that, you know, into the garden, a snake did come aspect of this corrupt. It's not just a pure football decision. Now there is this weird criminal investigation that's happened with the Parker PD. So I don't know what to think. I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. This one to me is really, it's a mystery. I don't know. I, I can't predict it at this stage. My gut tells me that they're going to come to some understanding. And I read a report. I can't remember exactly from who that said the Broncos want Vaughn back and Vaughn wants to come back to Denver. I think they will work something out for a reduced rate or maybe, like I said, an extension, which allows them to lower his cap hits. But we've been, or at least I have been preaching a year of continuity and status quo under George Payton. That doesn't just apply to the coaching staff or the quarterback in Drew Locke. That also applies to the current personnel. I just don't see a rookie GM coming in and, for whatever reason, facilitating the departure of a future Hall of Fame cornerstone player like Von Miller. I think they will do both sides, anything and everything to get this done where he will be on the field for 2021. Failing that after that, all bets are off. But I think my gut tells me he will be back for this season. JT, jumping back into the stream to uh, throw up some love and, and a very generous super chat. Love you, bro. Really, It really was a pleasure having you on and yeah. getting to chat with you before we went live and all that. And So seriously, man, we'll get you on the show again in the near future because that was a blast. And uh, we appreciate you. He says, for the love you guys have shown me, here's some of my own. Thank you for all your questions. MHH community, I hope to connect with you all. The best community in football. Hats off. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before we went on. He mentioned it briefly when he was departing. I mean, JT even goes back to anyone that's tuned into them, the 24-7 Facebook Live chat way back years ago, and he's been through, like he said, Apple Podcasts and us doing just, you know, audio-only podcasts and two days a week, and he's a real ride-or-die day one. So, JT, you have our respect and our appreciation 100%. All right, Zach and John, I have a few of the Supers in tandem. Uh, yeah, we are on Twitch, Broncos Fan 13. So find us on there, Mile High Huddle. 
Um, I've got a few. I got access to everything, by the way, John, and, until it jumps. So give me just a second, then I'll, I'll give. I'll tell you where we're at. But uh, this is from Orange Crush on uh, Twitter. He says, "We know how Vaughn is when he gets his feelings with cryptic uh, message on Instagram." So thank you for that. What he's referring to is is there was social media was all a buzz today, Reddit, Twitter, because Vaughn went back and edited one of his uh, posts on Instagram from when he. Uh, signed his big extension, you know, in the summer following the Super Bowl that said uh, for life. Right. And then he edited that today to say for life with quotes around it. And so people are reading into it. But Vaughn does the passive aggressive thing. You know, that's his M.O. That's the M.O. of athletes in the 21st century in the social media era. I mean, he even did that with John Elway when he was negotiating his contract, Chad. He cropped Elway out of a picture. It's just how Vaughn is. I would highly recommend to anyone, don't believe the first thing you read or hear and don't read into everything out there. You know, let things play out a little more and not jump to one conclusion to the other. I highly advise that. A superstar by the name of Zach Lee Butler jumping in. Appreciate you, Zach. He says, this is up to Vaughn. He has the ring the money, the all pros, pro bowls, future hall of famer. Only thing left is legacy restructure and ride off as a Denver Bronco for life. You know, I, I wrote something to that same uh, effect today covering these, uh, you know, the rumors, whatever, but the cynic in me goes, look, yeah, he's 32 and he's made over $126 million in the NFL. That's just what he made from salary. All right. That doesn't count endorsements. That doesn't count any of that $126 million he's made in the NFL more money than he'll need, than his kids will need, than his family will need ever, right? He's set for generations, basically. And you think, so what becomes the priority? Is it legacy? Is it fit? Is it loyalty? What is it? And you, fans get lost in the weeds on that because to them it's, a, it's you know, to, to fans we, we think, hey, that money is like magical. It's mystical. Like, you know, you can't wrap your brain around it. And so you don't really confront the reality of it. And that is that these players – they go out there and put themselves in harm's way and work their ass off and take a beating for the money. That's I, it. Yeah. Remove yeah, that I, from the equation, Zach, and what do you get? Exactly. Yeah. I, I just um I just can't envision Vaughn playing for another team. And it might be really idealistic of me, and I'm not an idealistic person and it may be too homeristic of me, but I just don't see him, at least this season, playing for somebody else. I do happen to think uh, no news is good news on the Vaughn front, not just his criminal investigation, but we haven't heard any rumblings that either he wants out completely or George Payton w- doesn't want to bring him back. We've heard in the middle that there's a mutual interest, and I do believe, I might be wrong, I do believe that they will get something done because the, the, the comment there was truthful. His legacy means a lot to him. He owns everything else, so this is the last thing he has to preserve for his own his own pride, his own ego. I would like to think so, and I would like to hope so. We'll see if it comes out in the wash. Uh, DK jumping in again. Appreciate you, bro. He goes, have you guys heard anything from Denver if we are in any talks with teams uh, for free agency? I mean, all the buzz right now on the Broncos front is quarterback related. And even what we heard today with Vaughn was just a temporary reprieve in that. Um, You know, the Broncos basically have until March 17th to really decide what they're going to do with Vaughn. And hopefully there will be some resolutions to the Parker PD investigation between now and then. But – it's all about quarterback. And the last thing we've heard is that, and it was it's another thing that's been refuted by Denver insiders, Michael Lombardi. Uh, you know, we weren't, we, it, we were off yesterday. So Nick and Carl addressed this on building the Broncos, but Michael Lombardi 
appeared. And now Michael Lombardi, for those of you who don't know who he is, former, he, he springs off the Bill Belichick tree back going all the way back to the Cleveland Browns era of the nineties. And then he became later on, he had a couple different stops. Then he came back, became the GM slash VP in Cleveland. And then even after that, after he lost his gig, he went on to work for Belichick again, but this time in new England. So he's an old Belichick guy, very experienced, very knowledgeable. And, a, a, you know, I can presume plugged in front office guy in terms of, you know, everyone in the league. He said that he heard last week, Zach, that the Broncos almost consummated a trade and for which quarterback he didn't know, which makes you go, well, then why are you even saying it? Like, get out of here with that stuff. But I don't think if you, if you think there's there, all these rumors have some kind of a kernel of truth to it. And to me, Zach, what that seemed like was vestiges of the Matthew Stafford, Deshaun yes. Watson yes. stuff. Not necessarily anything new. Do I have a moment to snap real quick? Because yeah. we didn't get a chance to go over this. And uh, I don't understand. First of all, he went on Pat McAfee's show. And if you guys remember, Pat McAfee recommended the Broncos and Tom McMahon signed that. I can't even remember his name now. The kicker that missed three kicks last season, Chad. Taylor Russell. You can't even remember. I mean, so that was number one. And strike two, I have the receipts. I went off on Twitter yesterday. I have the receipts on my Twitter at Kelberman NFL. Michael Lombardi is serially wrong. He's perpetually wrong and annually wrong. If you search in Twitter, Michael Lombardi wrong, you will see what I'm talking about. This is a guy who is a former GM for a reason, a failed GM for a reason. It's like Rex Ryan going on ESPN and giving his prediction, a failed head coach. Just because he says the Broncos were close to making a big trade for a quarterback, like you mentioned, he didn't name the quarterback. We all knew they were in the Stafford talks. You know, they've, they've, all those reports have said they made an offer. They were there with it. It could have been Stafford. So why are you reporting that? And why is that suddenly news? And it, all it did was just add more fuel and, and help craft the narrative of the lock haters. Any report that comes out by now with anyone f- with a question, a, a check mark, excuse me, they will run with that as gospel. When in reality, Michael Lombardi said nothing that we did not know already. They said they were close to trading for a quarterback, which was likely Stafford, and they are, will be in the market for one. We all knew that. How is that breaking news? Why are we even mentioning Michael Lombardi's name right now? He's doing those things to stay relevant. And let me tell you something, Chad, a former NFL GM with any clout or any credibility, respectability, does not go on Pat McAfee's podcast to give these these breaking insightful reports. If it's from Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport or Tom Pelissero, I will believe it. For for Michael Lombardi, a guy who's made his post-GM career out of being wrong, excuse me if I'm not jumping to get rid of Drew Locke. There you go. Straight fire. John, uh, did you want to throw a super on? If not, I'm going to grab Roger. Uh, let me let me grab Roger. Oh, we got Mark. Appreciate you, Mark. Talk about a superstar in Georgia, personifying the hashtag state of being as well. He says, Manscaped works great, my boys. <laughs> Your family jewels. Hashtag huddle a pod, hashtag football priest, hashtag hey, John, hashtag MHH. Appreciate that, Mark. Love you, buddy. Yep. There it Just is. Huddle. There it is. Appreciate you. Promise you it um, works, guys. We didn't Rogers, pay that's a, that's a legit testimonial right there. Legit. And listen, we missed a – now, Roger has been a very dedicated member of our community, and especially on Facebook. He has been, you know, a supporter for uh, – ever since we launched the the VIP premium option on Facebook, he's been there for us. So 
Appreciate you, Roger. And we just this is a message to Roger. This is a message to everybody listening right now. We do the best we can to try to get to as many questions and comments as we possibly can, especially for the true supporters of what we're doing here. Every once in a blue moon, things will slip through the cracks. And so when that happens, just reach out to us. Just say, hey, man, I had a question. You guys missed it. And what we're going to get to you. We're going to go, dang it. Sorry. We'll get you the next. We'll, you know, we'll make it up to you. And ask anyone. We make it up to you. So, Roger, love you, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, if the Broncos decided to trade Miller, what could we get in return? And how much does he still have in the tank? Zach, what's your answer for Roger? A second round pick, I think, for Vaughn is, I would say, a conditional second round pick, you know, uh, or a conditional third that could be a second. He's not going to draw a first rounder and he's not going to go for a mid round pick. So maybe a conditional third or a solid second, I think, is a good um, return on investment because you have to consider the team that's trading for him is also taking on his contract. So the Broncos will be happy, I think, if they got a second for him, but could be a third. Yeah, I agree. And I think as far as what he has left in the tank, look, I don't know. Um, he still looks big and strong and explosive when even toward the end of the year when he was out there just kind of jogging around a little bit with his boys on the field, the Broncos on, on the practice field. I want to believe that Vaughn comes back and and uh, can be at least, you know, 2018, 2019 Vaughn, you know, good for eight to 12 sacks type Vaughn. But that is it worth $18 million dollars. I don't think so because Malik Reed just gave you eight sacks for 500 K. Right. So, but you know, at the same time, Vaughn might not always get home, but he stacks those pressures. He affects the game. Problem is the affecting them in the clutch. And when the chips are down and all it's, it's hasn't been as consistent and regular uh, as it was for so many of those great hall of future hall of fame years for Vaughn. We got Joey on uh, Twitch with an interesting question. Guys, hit me up on this because I'm not sure what Cowherd said, but he says, Zach, maybe you have an answer. Any reaction to what Colin Cowherd said about Drew Locke today on his show? Seems he feels Drew is the problem in terms of not winning. I don't agree, but thoughts? Well, let's just vibe off the – we can just infer the whole he's the problem. Drew's not the problem. Drew was part of the problem last year in terms of, you know, he didn't take the step forward. He, He couldn't raise the ships around him. But there are so many mitigating factors behind that, Zach. It's hard to jump to conclusions. And yet the NFL is a production-based business, and these players and these coaches and these GMs, man, their opportunity to shine and capitalize and make the most of their jobs is so finite that teams don't have any more four or five, six years to just say, well, we'll get them next year, Drew. You know, like that's why they're out there looking right now. And if and if George Payton can find – a quarterback that he believes is a day one upgrade over Drew and it doesn't require completely selling everything, he's going to take it. He's going to do it. But only time will tell whether or not that happens. I still think that it's a, excuse me, a better at bet to just run it back with Drew. Just like JT said, when we had him on a few minutes ago, build that, rebuild the defense. You get Cortland back. You get the second year with, with uh, Shermer. You go out and hedge and get a competent backup, a true fail safe and see where the chips fall. And then you'll have your answers at. I'm going to allow my personal lawyer, Mahesh, to answer for me. We all know how (laughs) Zach feels about Colin Coward. I don't give a crap what he says about the Denver Broncos, nor anything else. He is a clickbait artist, and he makes his living and his career off of these hot takes, quote-unquote. This is the national media once again, Chad, and you said it perfectly. 
substitute the problem for a problem. One word. He was part of the problem last year, but he wasn't solely responsible for how bad the Broncos offense was. But that's what the national media types do. This is exactly why I have it in my closet right now, and our Super Chat superstars have it on their bodies when they wear it. Let them hate. That's why the whole hashtag forum chat, because the national media has no idea what they're talking about when it comes to Drew Locke, and they're going to just hop on the popular narrative that this roster is a ready-made roster. They have a lot of talent. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. But they don't have, they have statistically, analytically, one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And I don't personally judge my entire life or govern my life on stats or analytics. I have to trust these and this, my heart and my eyes and my brain. Colin Coward looks at stats very cursory, like we all know, and he sees Locke was a bottom five quarterback, and that's where he makes that determination. The truth is, though, Drew Locke did a lot of good last year, especially in the second half, and he's actually improving as he's gone along in the NFL, despite, like JT mentioned, Chad, the lack of a supporting cast, the lack of coaching, pandemics, lack of continuity. He's overcome all of that. So what Colin Cowherd thinks compared to what reality is, and he doesn't live in reality, doesn't matter to me. Shout out to Mike Craw for the super chat there, my friend. That's a name I don't recognize, Zach, on, on super. So welcome, thank you. Welcome. Connect with us on Twitter. And then real quick, before I grab the next one, shout out to Dylan, who is going to – we're making a, a special segment for Dylan Monday. Dylan's going to be on the show, who's been a longtime superstar, longtime Mount Rushmore superstar, and he now helps us also as a mod in the chat. And we're going to have him on the show this coming Monday. So we look forward to that, my friend. Um, Muhammad, good to see you, bro. And look what he says, Zach. I guess the dragon is feeling better on fire tonight. And I love it. Yeah, it seems like that whatever under the weather you had over the weekend, that's in the rear view, huh? All it takes is a bad GM making a bad take about a Broncos quarterback, you know, or a Colin Coward type to get me to feel better. But I appreciate you, Mo. I am feeling better, and I look forward to seeing you on the pod tomorrow and on KK on Sunday. Uh, Mr. Boggins, another stud. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. And we um, – do we have you rescheduled to, to be on the show? We do. I'm, I'm not sure what the date is, but uh, looking forward to talking with you again. He says, "Love, I love Vaughn, but the pile is growing. Age. Injury, off the field, new GM, 
draft depth and Malik Reed playing decently. His time in Denver might be ending. It might be. It might be. And there are a lot of factors that are going against him. But at the same time, he's Von Miller, and that name in Denver is sacrosanct. I mean, it's just under the names like Elway, Manning, uh, Bailey, you know, Davis, Atwater. I mean, he's up there with those names. And so you got to tread carefully. If you're George Payton, you can't step on your you-know-what day one on the job by blowing up, you know, the one of the most cherished players in franchise history. If there's a chance to salvage it, you try to salvage it because I do think if the Broncos move on from Vaughn, wherever he lands, you know he's going to go have a good year in 2021. Like he'll go out and just blow the doors down because anytime Vaughn has had something to prove, my dude proves it, right? He gets her done. Imagine him signing with the uh, the Niners, Chad, being on that defense, or you know, signing with the Packers, being on that defense. I mean, he he has a lot left in the tank still, and it's for the same reason that we didn't really see the Broncos, you know, or Joe Ellis firing John Elway. You can't just undo, you know, legends like that. You can't be the one that separates the legend from the team. So George Payton, again, if we're stressing continuity with the coaching staff and the and and everybody else and some of the players, the quarterback, why not with Von Miller as well? And that also sends the message chat to other players in the locker room. They they come in, they have a new GM, and they have a new sheriff in town now. They're keeping the coaches. They get one more year, but they're going to kick Von Miller to the curb. For what reason? He didn't play last year. It wasn't his fault he was injured. You have to keep the message of unity in the forefront, and you have to send the right message, and I think George Payton will go about doing that the right way. Blue Rock, Chris. Ha uh, ha. Oh, God, that was my tweet. Sad face. Zach nah. hates me. No, nah. nah, dude. It's, it's not like blue. So so often, like our great listeners will like bring up a topic to our attention on Twitter, and we'll quote tweet it, and we might say something disparaging about the topic. But don't ever interpret that as coming at you, my friend. It's a, it's two different things. Exactly, and that's that's what I'm saying right there. I appreciate the love, Blue. I you know anything you ever want to send me on Twitter, I'm more than happy to read. Shout out to Brad, one of our supporters on Facebook. He says, "Hope Vaughn is back. Restructure him for a couple of years. Let him retire a Bronco." I feel you on that. So, uh, real quick, John. Uh, Blue Raw at 7.06 wow. is where I'm at. So we got a few to catch up with. We're at the 54-minute mark. And here's a very generous super chat from a guy who has come on very strong of late as a superstar. And, wow, man, you're blowing our hair back with that. Like, we that, – that's just – we man, we're grateful for that support. And uh, we appreciate you. Keep keep coming and, and keep being a part of the, the community and the conversation every day. And, and it's going to continue to – just be a, a guess having you in this community. He says, I don't understand the hate with Locke. The fact that so many don't want him to have a chance to develop is mind boggling. With that mentality, Elway and Manning would not have made it. Their rookie numbers were awful, but like Locke promise was there. And I agree Murphy bros to a, to a point. I mean, you don't want to go too far off the rails comparing a, a quarterback like drew to two hall of famers, but nevertheless, the point remains like, it's something Mike Kliss has talked about that the team is afraid of that they would perhaps, um, you know, either move on from him or put him in, you know, include him in a trade package and then he goes somewhere else to have success because they're the ones that have put in the dirty work. They're the ones that have put in the time and investment. It's like dating that woman that you have, you hit it off. It goes great. But then after a while, it kind of sours, you put in that time, and just when it might be turning, you lose patience because you met someone else and you break up or you go to, and then all of a sudden she goes on to have, you know, and you, you're keeping tabs on her on Twitter or Instagram and you're, you're sad that you jumped. You're Chris to, Harris you're Jr. 
too soon. Exactly. Your sour grapes, Harris. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing with Drew Locke is I, I want to actually reference what JT said because he nailed it. All the points that he made, if you really look at the ha- the hands that he was dealt since entering the NFL, uh, first-year coordinator, then an injury, then a new coordinator, then a pandemic, and then losing an offseason, then losing Cortland Sutton, and then having Pat Shermer. This is all a lot for a you know a second-year quarterback to handle when he needed more refinery coming out. And the Broncos knew that. They knew what they were signing up for with Drew Locke. He wasn't a perfectly polished quarterback. They needed him to be the right amount of polish to be a starting caliber guy in the NFL, and you can't jump ship now. And this is what we've been saying. If he's a bust, so be it. We'll be the first ones to admit it, but at least give him the opportunity to bust on a level playing field. That means giving him this year or most of this year with a veteran behind him as a failsafe and see what he can do. He might turn out to be not maybe a franchise quarterback, but at least a quarterback you can win with, and that's what we will take right now in the short term. All right, we got one from Hez Buster, another guy that's been coming on pretty strong of late. Really appreciate you, my friend. He says, my least favorite Broncos memory is Josh McDaniels. Ruined, Jay Cutler, and Brandon Marshall. You guys are awesome. Thankful to have found your podcast. Oh, thank you. Hey, thanks, my friend. Yeah, I feel you. They, he's one of the worst memories I have as a Broncos fan, all right? And that was, like, crushing. Like, it was crushing. If your Broncos fans can remember, because – Cutler was riding high, dude. It was the season didn't turn out well, but he had a Pro Bowl year. And back then, those numbers that he threw up in 08, I mean, those were bona fide. Those were like for that time and place, you know, Star Wars numbers. It crushed everyone to see Jay Cutler get traded. And the the thing that stuck the knife and twisted it, Zach, is the King's ransom they got in return from him from Chicago. They didn't make it count, man. Like you got Robert Ayers. I, I forget which one was actually the Chicago pick. I'm pretty sure it was Ayers. No, Sean turned out to be at least solid on his rookie contract, had that 1,000-yard season in the 2013, you know, Star Wars numbers year. But no, Sean, then there was the – what was the the corner, John? I'm forgetting. Alfonso Smith, thank you. It was it was bad. So I feel you on that, Hezbuster. Yeah, I mean, uh, I believe he was also the coach that had the shortest tenure. He was fired in the middle of his second season, if I'm not mistaken, So in Broncos history. But, yeah, there's nothing good that came from him. And same with VJ as well. Sometimes you, you, you hire these young, hotshot coaches, and you could not be more wrong with your decision. So all we can do is hope that we never see McDaniels in a, in a Broncos building ever again, Chad. All right, let, let's grab Gavin. Appreciate that. Very generous super chat, my brother. You've come on strong of late yeah. as well. It's been Thank great you. getting to know you. He says, what's up, guys? I can't wait for the draft. And by the way, nice profile pic you got there. Uh, yeah, dude, we can't either. It's fun. But what we equally relish and enjoy is the conversation and the speculation and talking about it until the, the big day. Yeah, and that's that really is a cool uh, little profile pic there with the lock yeah. with the cigarette, the LeBron cigarette in his mouth. Love it. Very, very creative. And here's the princess of MHH, as we like to call wow. her, Poppy. Appreciate you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Means the world to us. I hope you know that you you do mean a lot to us. And she says, uh, "Hello, MHH family. Great to see you, JT. Stay safe, healthy, and warm, everyone." Thanks, Chad, Zach, and John for everything. And I'll tell you what's helped me to stay warm during this weird. Cr- crazy snowstorm in the Rockies and then this cold spell that a lot of people are feeling in the States, that blanket that you stitched together and shipped to all of us, it's been uh, making the difference. So hats off to you as well, Poppy. It's good to see you in the chat as well, Poppy. I know you have some things going on as uh, uh, with your own life and everything. And I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe and healthy and warm and uh, your generosity blows us away. So thank you once again, I've been saying it. We've been saying it, Chad, almost every podcast for a year and uh, we mean it every time. 
And here's the, the queen, queen of MHH. Yep, we must genuflect. All right. <laughs> here she is. Love you, Christy. Appreciate you. She says, hi, just showing some love. And we appreciate that. We love you back. Always great to have the queen of MHH That's in right. one of our chats. Thank you, Christy. Uh, we've got one here as well from uh, Michael Cravanis, who's another guy. Come on strong as a superstar of late. Appreciate you, Michael. He says, if Jarrell Casey is willing to restructure to say five or six million, so that'd be about cutting his salary in half. Are you on board bringing him back? It would be nice to see what the front four we thought we had last year could do this year. Yeah, if he was open to really like, you know, some kind of a prove it restructure where he can, I would even be open, Zach, to him making all the money back, like 11 million bucks, 11 and a half million, whatever he's on the, the books for based on incentive. Like you're in every game you play. If you are in the first four, uh, it triggers this, this incentive. If you make it through all first eight, it triggers that you make it all back. But for me, just based on, you know, last year, I would want, I would want it to be heavily incentive laden. You know, we don't disagree often, but I really would not bring him back under any circumstance. And I thought maybe Tennessee was being a little knee-jerk getting rid of a five-time Pro Bowler for a seventh-round pick. But as he showed last year, maybe Tennessee was onto something, Chad, that he really was not a difference maker at all during his time on the field. He was purely invisible. And rather the Broncos, considering it'd be a negligible salary or a dead money hit, if any dead money hit, by releasing him, that money that they've been saving, just pay Shelby Harris, get it over with, pay Justin Simmons, take care of your own in-house guys that have actually earned the money as opposed to a rental like Jarrell Casey that just flamed out. It was a is a worthwhile trade that just didn't work out. It happens. All right, John's pulling up Christy's other super that uh, she's talking, or excuse me, she's talking about Vaughn um, and the Chiefs salivating, if you, if you can find that one. If not, I'm going to, John can find it. There it is. Thank you, Christy. Seriously, we, we appreciate that so much. She says, the Chiefs are salivating with all this Vaughn talk. We can't let the Chiefs get Vaughn. Man, what would that do to Vaughn's legacy in Denver if he left here and went and signed with the Chiefs? But they would need him. Like He would, he could solve a lot of problems for them, but he would come at a cost, right? He's going to command some serious coin. Well, what, what happened to Favre legacy by playing for the Vikings? He's still you know, Packers legend Brett Favre. I think he would just be remembered as a guy late in his career that went to chase a ring with the Chiefs, and we would all still appreciate, hopefully, what he did in Denver. That's never going to change. Uh, John, is, there's another one from Blue Raw about Cap, and then there's one from I Am Supreme about Vaughn and uh, memories, if it's possible to, to grab those. Thank you for for another super there, Rogue Theory. And by the way, we've crossed the one-hour mark, so we got to kind of rapid fire. Appreciate everyone's patience. He says, gents, realistically, what are we going to do at inside linebacker? Realistically, it's a wait and see on Levante David. And if Levante ends up re-signing and staying in Tampa, then it's a combination of early in the draft using a premium round pick on a linebacker. And there are some good ones, all right? We're the draft work that Eric and Nick and all those guys have been doing, and Eric's, um, you know, he's been doing the Broncos draft fits series both on YouTube and on the website. There are some linebackers out there that the Broncos can can target in rounds one, two, and or three. They could come in and be immediate impact players, but they're also going to hedge and hope. I think Zach that you're going to get uh, Justin Strnad back, and perhaps, you know you could have half of that problem solved if Sternod ends up being the guy Elway and Matt Russell thought he could be with a little blessing from Fangio because we know Fangio was big on Sternod as well. 
Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. A lot depends on Levante David's status, and what we know right now is the Bucks want him back, and he wants to be back. Um, they have Serdad. They have some run-stopping inside linebackers, but they need, by hook or by crook, they have to get that coverage linebacker. And it could be a first-round draft choice. It could be Micah Parsons. It could be JOK. It could be someone if they trade back, like Zayvon Collins. There's a lot of talented inside linebackers in this draft class. If they don't sign one and they don't draft one at nine, that has to be a pick in rounds two or three. They cannot wait to address it, Chad. It's the last thing they're missing in that defense, the sideline to sideline, off-ball linebacker. Blue Raw, appreciate you, Chris. Are we clearing up the cap? If so, I wonder why. Um, I'm not sure exactly what you're saying there, and maybe it's in relation to Vaughn. Like, you know, if if there's any truth to the rumor that the Broncos have already decided, which – I really don't think there is. I don't. I think it's being discussed, but they don't know yet for sure what they're going to do there. If it's a priority of clearing cap, then yeah, it means that they think they're in the game for probably Deshaun Watson, or maybe they think there's more truth to you know the whole Russell Wilson thing in Seattle, something like that. There's there's that's a factor. I mean, how much of it is in play right now? There's no way of knowing. Yeah, and, and some of the money also, Chad, we've been saying this, the Broncos' first order of business in free agency when it opens next month is not to splurge so much on outside guys, but to take care of your own in-house free agents, and that starts with Simmons, and that starts with Shelby Harris. Get those guys signed, and then work your way outside. Also, shout-out to Simmons for shouting out MHH yes. and, of course, yes. Buona Beast. That was, yes, that was the famous person. Yeah, the famous Buona. person, Buona. Uh I am Supreme 22. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, get your money, Vaughn. Thanks for the memories. We move forward. And then he goes on to say this. Appreciate you again, my friend. He says, uh, go after Gardner Minshew, the new Fitz Magic. Let's go. I don't see it with Gardner, dude. Like, I've talked to the guy, and he there's an intensity and a, just an it factor about him that I understand some of the hype. But, like, on the field, I don't see that same juice. Fitz Magic was always a career backup, right? Like, there is that similarity, but I don't see the same juice yet. And maybe he becomes that at some point, but I'm not feeling – I don't understand the push for Minshew's. It's a, it's a minority of Broncos fans that mention it, but, like, I, I really can't understand that. You've already got Brett Rippon. You know, they have about the same arm strength. And, in fact, Rippon's a little taller than Minshew. And I, I just don't get that. I never understood the lore that Minshew received in the NFL. He was the most hyped quarterback for doing nothing in NFL history, as far as I'm concerned. Why? Because he has a mustache and he dresses very uh, accentually. There's uh, more to a quarterback than that. And if he would come in, Chad, which I don't advocate for at all, he would be a distraction because he has that stupid, I don't even want to call it swagger because it's not cool. It's just this 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 front and this facade he tries to portray about himself he is nothing worthwhile. I'd rather the Broncos sign a real quarterback that can actually play quarterback. And if that's an Andy Dalton, that's an Andy Dalton. Mike Cron. Now I'm connecting the dots, Mike. Bronco Mike on Twitter, right? I remember now our conversation. So good to see you, my friend. <clears throat> Thank you so much for two super chats now tonight. And it was great to connect with you on Twitter. He says, hey, guys, in Broncos country, new listener and longtime Broncos fan from Pennsylvania here. Just sending some support your way. Love the show, guys. We three think a lot alike. Let them hate. Love it, dude. Thank you, Mike. Stick around, dog. And uh, we'll be tagging you and shouting you out after the show. So thanks, my friend. See, that's what I mean, though, Chad. I mean, that hashtag exists because of people like Colin Coward and Skip Bayless in the national media and even some you know, local Broncos reporters and, and analysts that just give up on Drew Locke and don't see the, the worthwhile 
process of, of letting it play out with them. And I still think, uh, Mike, and I know you do as well, that there's something to be had with Drew, and I think we'll see it this year. John, we have, just real quick, we have, after Mike there, uh, we have another one from Chris and Rello here, and then we're out. We're good to go. So, uh, Rello, take over. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. By the way, you got to get a Twitter account, dude, so we can tag you and connect with you and keep the conversation going there because I type your name into Twitter every night, but I regret that I'm not tagging you. I wish I could tag you and connect with you and DM and all that stuff. So if you don't have a Twitter, create one, follow Zach, myself, John, all the main accounts, and uh, we'll keep the conversation going. He goes, I guess people forgot Drew Locke's last four games. He did improve. It wasn't like earth shattering. But from actually from week 11 on, you got to take out week 12 because he didn't play because the NFL opted to, you know, disrespect the Broncos in about as overt a way as I've ever seen. But Drew was, I mean, not just modestly better, like leaps and bounds better than Drew week six through week 10. Two of his highest passer rated games came in the final four weeks. And I believe he only threw two interceptions his last two games combined. I might be wrong on that stat, but he actually did legitimately and tangibly get better as the season wore on. He still had his downs in the games that were ups for him, but that is a young quarterback. And if you watch Locke in week 17 and watch Locke in week one, it is almost night and day, the difference that you see. All right. We've, while John's pulling up uh, Blue Raw's last super. Um, let me just take this moment real quick, guys, to uh, remind everybody to follow the podcast on Facebook. Our page is live. We've had it up now about two weeks. And those of you who have already followed and liked the page, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And you're automatically entered to into the drawings we're going to be doing for swag. So thank you. If you haven't, I mean, look, I know – a lot of teenagers and stuff like my sons who are teens, they don't use Facebook. They use Instagram. They use Snapchat, maybe a little Twitter, but not really. But like people that have to enter the workforce and beyond, everyone, almost everyone, unless they have a, a philosophical, you know, point stuck in their craw over last year in politics and stuff. A lot of people left. A lot of our great friends and members of this community left Facebook because of that. Everyone has a Facebook account. All right. Is my point. Follow the page on Twitter. All right, there it is. And if you just if you do it from your browser, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. And then also on Twitter, connect with us there. It's another way to keep the conversation going beyond these streams on Twitter and then also at milehighhuddle.com. We want your takes and your thoughts in the comment section. At Huddle Up Pod on Twitter, at milehighhuddle on Twitter. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen, and the famous person here on the podcast, you guys know, all right? Buona Beast, the teddy bear. He will rip your face off, but follow him on Twitter because he'll rip your face off and then he'll give you a kiss on the cheek. And he's, he's just that guy. But trust, you want to follow him on Twitter. Great Broncos follow. Uh, believe that. And then, uh, John, just tell me when you got Blue Raw and then we'll, we'll uh, call it a night. Um Merch store. I got to throw it out there, guys. Go get a shirt, get a, get a hat, get a mug. So many different options. Hoodies, like you see Zach wearing there. It's the it's the get state it. of being hoodie. Good they stuff. look dope. All right, and appreciate it. Uh, and here's Chris. Thank you, Chris. He says I'll stir the I'll stir up the dragon and take the fire if I get takes like this. Sometimes you do, man. You get the fire, but just know it's all in love. All right, it's uh, you know, it's it, it's all. 
It's all in love. We hand out flame retardant suits chat to our, our viewers every day. So I could be spitting hot fire, but you guys will never get burned. It's never in your direction. Please know that. All right, guys. Last call to action. Become a supporter on Facebook. Look, so many of you watch the show on, on, on YouTube, and we don't want you to think we're neglecting our, our YouTube audience by beginning this VIP premium video content on Facebook. We have a plan to roll it out to both sides here in the very near future. But for now, it's starting with Facebook. And just know that there are some business reasons behind that that have nothing to do with community or anything. It's just it's a it's a business related thing that has to do with uh, Facebook. So head on over to our page, facebook.com slash mile high huddle. You'll see the big blue button become a supporter. I think it's five bucks a month. You get access to Kelberman's Corner every Sunday, noon, mountain time, Zach Kelberman, and, of course, Kim Becker. Plus, we're rolling out some draft content. Plus, we're going to be rolling out some film breakdown, VIP stuff for the supporters and for eventually our, our members on YouTube. That's coming very, very soon. Uh, and subscribe, like, share, those three things. Please give us the like on this video before you dip on out of here. And that's it. Zach, we're done. Let's let's dip on out, and we'll, we'll be back tomorrow night for the uh, – for the Mile High Mailbag. And again, hats off to JT. Yes. And click those thumbs up, guys, if you haven't already. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Eastern. Uh, 6 o'clock, I always do that. 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern for the Mile High Mailbag. Our favorite pod of the week. If you have any questions beforehand, please hit us up. Chad N. Jensen, Kelberman NFL on Twitter, even John K. MHH on Twitter. Let us know what you want to hear. We'll see you then. Have a great end to your Wednesday and a start to your Thursday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Love you, Roger. Thank you for the love, dog. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 